0: radio md radio md.com hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the american academy of pediatrics it's healthy children now
1: our favorite mom melanie cole ms this is not a discussion any parent wants to have with their kids we don't even want to think about it but think about it we must our kids have a unique issue that we did not have they must be prepared for school shootings mass attacks gun violence in a way that we never did I hate that we even have to talk about this but We have to do this because it is incumbent on us to make these things, to bring them out into the open so that parents can have these discussions. You're listening to Healthy Children and all of our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And joining me today is Dr. Lois Lee. She's an attending pediatric emergency medicine physician at Boston Children's Hospital and an associate professor of pediatrics and emergency medicine at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Lee, it's a pleasure to have you with us, although this discussion is always you know, a difficult one to have, but I'd like you to start as the emergency medicine physician that you are about some of the statistics around accidental gunshot wounds, deaths for children. What do you see in the ER every day? so
0: unfortunately firearms have now become the leading cause of death for children and youth 1 to 18 years of age for a long time it it was injuries but it was motor vehicle crashes but since 2017 we have seen a shift and as you noted this is something that our children are dealing with today that previous generations unfortunately did not have to deal with so those are the deaths that we know about when we think about um children in the pediatric age group that can even go up to 24 years of age right pediatricians do take care of youth uh, through their college age years so if you think about how many children and youth 1 to 24 years old died in the united states in 2020 there were over 10,000 deaths and that is just the tip of the iceberg if we're talking about statistics because of course in addition to those deaths there are many thousands of children and youth who are injured and go to the emergency department. Many of them are discharged home, but many of them are also hospitalized and may have lifelong debilitating injuries.
1: Yes, it's certainly something that is becoming more of a a problem than we've ever seen before. So let's talk about parents because first of all, I I wanna discuss the discussion that we have with our kids, but also, some parents are avid gun owners, they insist, and storage, and, and from what I know, Dr. Lee, and I've done this for 15 years, and talked to so many of you amazing doctors, and that things like teen suicide are increased if there's a gun in the house, the rates, and it can take what might have been just a momentary emotional you know, situation for a kid and turned it into a permanent situation. Tell us a little bit about guns in the home and what you know about that now. Absolutely. So we do know
0: having a gun in the home increases the risk not only of intentional injuries and deaths from self-harm, but also unintentional shooting injuries and deaths. Let's focus a moment on suicide, which tends to affect our adolescents and teenagers more, but certainly we see it in younger elementary school age children as well. We know in this age group that suicide is really an impulsive act. And so if there is a means of self-harm, like a gun in the home, we know that greater than 90% of the time, if a child shoots themselves with the intention to kill themselves, they will die. This is in stark contrast to if they find pills in the home and overdose on something like acetaminophen, there's time for regret, right? There's time to develop symptoms. There's time to call for help and to go to the hospital. So more than 90% of the time, if someone tries to kill themselves with medications or pills, they'll actually survive. And so making sure that these sort of lethal means are not available is really important when there is certainly known mental health risks or even concerns about substance use disorders. But you know, that's not enough, because as we know, many times teenagers may not be diagnosed with a mental health disorder, or it may not be recognized by their family and friends. And so just being really thoughtful about who's living in the home and knowing about the risks of firearms is important uh, for pediatricians and other pediatric clinicians to discuss with their families and families to actually discuss with their children.
1: So we used to do a lot of shows about ask day we do that every year and it's so important for parents to ask especially for the littler kids their friends parents if there are guns in the home if they're secured if they're locked that sort of thing but these days dr lee it's a different deal because you could ask another parent and that could turn into something that is just untenable. It could turn into a huge fight. It didn't seem to be that way 15 years ago when my kids were little or 20 years ago, but boy, today, it's a tough question. Can you tell us a little bit about how you would advise parents to find out if the the kids that their kids are having play dates with live in a home with gun owners? Because now, man, it's a tense situation to even ask.
0: That's true. And this is even if you're, you know, dropping your child off at your, uh, you know, at their aunt's house or their grandparents' house. But I do think that, you know, really framing it, that everybody has a shared goal to keep their children safe and that this is not a political uh, discussion that you're trying to have it's really about child safety and I think also starting with something that is a little less controversial so if your child will be driving around right with the parent um in the other friend's car you want to always make sure that there's the proper child safety seats or booster seats, depending on the age of the child. So I think starting with that discussion, um, you know, I just want to focus on making sure we're keeping our children safe. So if you're going to be driving my child anywhere, I just want to make sure you have a booster seat. And um, I also like to know if anyone has firearms in the home and if they do, uh, how do you store them? And yeah, that definitely could be an awkward conversation, but I think starting with the place of the shared goals. Um, and starting with the discussion of something that is uh, less controversial might make it go a little bit easier.
1: That's a great tip and a great point to talk about shared goals. Sometimes these days that doesn't even always work, but it, it, it certainly is a great, great way to start. Now, we also have to, in this day and age, talk to our kids about reporting. When they see these things, when they see a parent's home with a gun on, Locked and unsafety checked, and they see a kid on a video and social media waving a gun from his parents' house around. They see these things now, and some kids don't understand the difference between reporting, tattling, gossiping. Can you give us some information for talking to our kids about if you see something, say something? Because this is again starting to be a problem we never saw before.
0: Absolutely. I think this is territory we're all navigating together, children and adults alike. But it clear it is clear that paying attention to what is on social media and right, just being aware of your surroundings. If if your child goes to another child's house and sees an unsecured gun, you know, sitting on the table or the nightstand, having that conversation with your child to say, listen, I, as your parent or your caregiver, my number one job is to keep you safe and it's important if you see these things to please tell me and I think assuring your child right that the child won't be in trouble the child's friend won't be in trouble and again just really emphasizing the safety aspect of it Um, and then for your older adolescents teens and young adults in your family I think It's been a hard few months here in the United States, but then turning those into, you know, teaching examples for our kids and saying, if you see something on social media, you can't think it's a joke or that it's not serious or that it's never going to happen because unfortunately, it might happen. And emphasizing, you know, if you say something and you tell me as your parent or your caregiver, and we tell the proper authorities, we might be able to save some lives.
1: Well, certainly we might, and it's such an important discussion And all of this. Dr. Lee is really involving communication with our kids and discussing what's going on in the world in an age-appropriate way. If you could tell parents anything about that, about the role of parents in discussing. I mean, they, they do these shooter drills in school. And they're learning about safety that way, but as parents, we have to have those discussions as well. What do you tell parents about having those discussions with our kids in an age-appropriate way so that it doesn't freak them out and scare them and want them so that they never want to go to school, but yet they have to understand that you know this is something we have to know about?
0: absolutely so i think as you said age appropriate is really the the key to make sure that you don't scare your child so you know your teenagers and adolescents they're watching the news they may be getting a lot more news than you even know right off of social media and other things and just having a frank discussion and making it open-ended right asking your teen you know what has it what is it you've seen what are you worried about you know how can i help you sort of think about how to think about this, right? So that you can go to school um, and not feel anxious and unsafe. And then for your younger child, uh, again, paying attention to the messages that are coming from your school. So usually the schools, you know, do let parents know when they are going to have some sort of active shooter drill, and then reinforcing, you know, that this is for your safety. And if you learn how to do these things, we will keep you safe uh and again that just emphasis on safety I think it's also important for parents to know that you know outside of what's going on in the world that again guns in the home are also something that they need to address and that children as young as two and three years old can and have you know shotguns that have killed other children and so even at the youngest ages making sure that they know this is not a toy this is dangerous if you see it you know you need to tell a parent but ideally again you can't trust that if you tell a three-year-old right if you find a gun don't touch it they're naturally curious so it's really contingent on the adults in the household to try to make sure that the children don't have access to firearms 100%
1: 100% agreed here. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Lee. You're speaking to parents now and and through the voice of the American Academy of Pediatrics, and I know that they have been very involved and in lobbying and gun control and, and sensible measures. Speak to the parents as the expert you are and what you would like them to hear from you, from the AAP, about gun statistics, violence, kids suicide all of it together when it relates to guns and safety and preventing hopefully some of these tragedies
0: yes so we know as we've said before that having firearms in the home does increase the risk of non-fatal injury as well as death and so for the youngest children those can be unintentional shootings but for our older children adolescents teens and young adults the concern is potentially for suicide so you're trying to prevent sort of both unintentional and intentional injuries if a household is going to have firearms in the home, the American Academy of Pediatrics does recommend uh, to store them in the safest way possible, which is unloaded with the ammunition and the firearm separated and locked away separately so that the child it does not have access to it. Now, many families do have their firearms for self-protection. And so again, we acknowledge it doesn't uh, make sense to have an unloaded firearm. However, there are ways to secure your firearm so that your child still can't access it uh, using special personalized trigger locks or uh, gun safes that basically use your fingerprint, just like you use a fingerprint to access your phone. You can have these personalized gun safes so that you can access your gun quickly, but that other people who are not authorized to, like children, can't access it so we do recommend that pediatricians and parents have these open discussions about if there are firearms in the home how to secure them safely and again the goals for younger children are really to prevent unintentional shootings uh injuries and deaths and then for the older ones again lots of times they can still have unintentional shootings and deaths right the 12 year old wants to show off dad's uh you know rifle to his best friend but also for our older kids, we're worried about suicide prevention. And so for all those reasons, we need to have open discussions between caregivers, parents and their pediatricians, but also families and pediatricians should have those conversations directly with the children.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for joining us and sharing your incredible expertise with us today. You're listening to Healthy Children, and all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You're listening to Radio MD. You can listen to these shows on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. But of course, we love it when you listen on RadioMD.com. And please share these shows on your social channels with your friends and family because we are learning from the experts at the AAP together. And they are the gold standard. They're the ones that help us to raise our children happy and, most importantly, safely. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well.